Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Toxin Tastings Studios, that's the Talks and Tasting Studios, this is a Clerical Errors Podcast. I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Vicar. Welcome to the show. Oh, and we have... Who's here? Peter. Um, Berg is not here today, so uh, he is, uh, he's busy. And uh, so uh, we'll we'll be hopefully trying to do our best to fill in without him. It's never quite as good, but I'm sure we can we can put together a good show. So let's do it. So how you doing, Pete? Good. Doing good. Yeah. You awake? Yeah. You uh, like I'm the- I'm awake. I actually. So you guys probably didn't see, but uh, this it's on the day we're recording this. I I went and streamed some VR games to uh, a couple people, like my sister was watching and all this and. So I was playing some Beat Saber in virtual reality, and I am tired now, but awake. All right. All right. And uh, you're kind of our energy jink extraordinaire, too. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, uh, Vicar, do you have anything for us from our associate producer, Hannah? I don't, but maybe Peter does. (laughs) Well, I was going to ask, are you guys drinking anything? Uh, Vicar's got some coffee, and I am not drinking anything right now. Yeah, I got. I have a Caribou coffee, which is uh, Minnesota-based, and this is a French roast. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I suppose right. maybe we should we should pay attention, or we should mention too that this is a uh, morning episode. Not morning, early morning. Yeah, mid morning episode. Yeah. But if so. you prefer a nighttime episode, just imagine we're recording this at night. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. So eyes. anyway, yeah, yes. um, our associate producer has gotten back to us after our challenge to just repeatedly, you know, talk <laughs> about my fantastic meme. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, that I made. <laughs> um, and so she says, "You guys, you guys, you guys. Well, maybe just Pastor Bullhagen. What is the <laughs> shelf life of a meme, really?" Do not doubt for a moment that I could analyze Peter's meme weekly until the return of our Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but what is the content that the Clerical Errors Nation wants? <laughs> Flogging meme man to 3D shreds? Describing surreal visuals on an audio meme? Sure, you are breaking ground in Christian podcast- podcasting, but at what cost? The answer lies with the listener. Listener, please write in to feedback at clericalerrors.org. Comment on the Clerical Errors Facebook page or tweet at Clerical Errors P, P for podcast. More uh, more analysis, more memes, or more of what the pastors are good at. Respectfully yours, (laughs) Hannah. (laughs) So I don't don't know how to take that. She just wants to know which is best. I guess that's like the the job of an associate producer, right? Sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) All right, the challenge is out. What would you like for Hannah to keep explaining the same meme? <laughs> or uh, Peter? Wait, no, you said that. You said that like I'm gonna make a bunch of new memes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do I have to make a bunch of new memes for you guys? <laughs> All right. So, uh, Vicar, you're preaching. What are you preaching on? Uh, so the text for the second uh, Sunday of the Easter season is John 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have Jesus in the Gospel of John. It's a, his first appearance to his disciples. We have his first appearance, and then mm-hmm. a week later, we have his second appearance uh, with Thomas included. So uh, the the general theme for my sermon is talking about how our resurrected Lord comes to bring forgiveness to his disciples who are scared out of their minds behind their locked doors, and I quarantined, if quarantined. You will. Yeah, you know, the word of God is always the right word for us. But in in a, an amazing sort of way, this story of the disciples quarantined in their locked upper room out of fear is very appropriate for the time. So. Uh, to, to quote quote uh, Pastor Berg, uh, it, it's a God thing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That is exactly what Pastor Berg would say in this in this moment. I'll I'll take that out of my sermon. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, honestly, it's uh, what a comforting text that our Lord comes. He brings peace. He says peace to you. 
And and Luther, in regards to the the liturgy, when the, when the pastor says the peace of the Lord be with you always, he saw that as a uh, an absolution, and it, it's a forgiving word because when the peace of the Lord is brought up into God's people and brought to God's people, that is forgiveness, peace on earth and in heaven between us and God by the wounds of Jesus by his suffering and death, which is exactly what Jesus shows the disciples. So look forward to uh, to preaching that text. I, I wish that we could do it, you know, assembled together, but uh, we remain on the radio and on our website in a recorded uh, manner. But it's a good text, and uh, I encourage you to look at it. If your church has a different text for for Sunday, uh, that would be April 19th. And, and we were talking a little bit that yeah. we often feel that uh, that Thomas gets a bad rap. Yeah, yeah. He's known as Doubting Thomas. Um, but, but Think about uh, what a condescending thing that is to think, you know, oh, I would never. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. It's, uh, you know, Thomas... Thomas knew where his peace would be found, and it would be found in the wounds of Jesus, and that's exactly what he looks for, and that's exactly what he asks for. Right. And uh, and you yeah, also mentioned in your sermon that uh, the first thing that Jesus is concerned about after the resurrection is a forgiveness of sins, and also to bring that forgiveness to the world. Yeah, because obviously, you know, we, we do not have the body of Jesus showing up, uh, physically showing us his his wounds and his the side the hole in his side every sunday but that's because jesus has uh, given the church the authority to forgive mm-hmm. sins by his word and that's what he does yeah the very first time think how important that is i actually have it in you know what where are you going to go when this mandate is lifted when this quarantine is lifted everyone's thought about it where's the first place you're going to go weight room <laughs> the weight room yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. For me, it's probably, honestly, it's probably my parents' house. Like, <laughs> as soon as they can be, you know, free to go, and I can be free to go, I want to drive up two and a half hours and see my parents. And But but we've all thought about it, mm-hmm. and whether it's a favorite restaurant or the senior center in town here in Hampton. I'm sure people have a list. Right. Jesus, his first place he went to was his disciples, and he did it so that he could for- forgive them and also give them the authority to forgive sins. And and all the other all the other appearance of, of Jesus' resurrection all include um all of them include the fact that uh of getting that forgiveness to the people. You know? Yeah. Whether it's uh Peter's reinstatement. Peter, Peter's reinstatement, yeah. the road to Emmaus. Right. Um, breaking of the bread with the disciples. Breaking yeah. the bread with the disciples. All of the appearances that we find in Jesus is all about the forgiveness of sins and getting right. that forgiveness to the people. Right, and especially in John, you know, we know that he did many other signs, and I'm sure he appeared many other times. Those aren't recorded, but the ones that are recorded in the Gospels are recorded so that we may believe that Jesus is a Christ, the Son of God, and know that the church has the authority to forgive sins on the behalf of, of Christ. So it's uh, great. All right. Well, before we get to our top 12 list, and this is this is uh, kind of amazing, we have Vicar put together our top 12 list. Pretty exciting. See if he has learned from the master. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and uh, before we do that, though, I have something I have to, I have to say, and that is uh, I was asking my wife today, um, <laughs> my bride of over 25 years, um, if you want to know my feelings about her, there is a dedication I made in an earlier podcast you can go listen to, which I was told this week is one of someone's all-time favorite parts of I the think, podcast. Yeah, I think it's one of the highest hit <laughs> podcasts that we've done. So, um, But uh, my lovely wife said, I asked her, well, what, what should we do for the podcast? And she goes, well, something lighthearted. I said, okay, lighthearted. Like what? And she goes, yeah, something lighthearted, like the plagues. <laughs> Uh, some people's sense of humor, I guess. Yeah. You're doing this in the spirit of Berg, right? Because this is something Berg would probably find. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, sure the plagues bring brings his heart joy. Yeah. Tickle his heart a little bit. Yeah. Okay. But uh, what do you got? Well, I just, well, we already are kind of given an order of the 10 plagues, right? Yeah. Right. We are. So, but you know, you know, if it were up to me, I might order them a little differently. Okay. I would probably bring uh, like hail. I would probably 
put that earlier, you know, because we're used to hail. Yeah. You know, what would you rather have, hail or boils? You know? Right. Uh, livestock, lot, uh, livestock dying. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially with our, right, the metal roofs that are all the rage now. Right. Like the hail. I mean. Yeah. What? It's too bad that we're not given the account of, like, the size of the pieces of hail mm-hmm. that came down, to put it in perspective. Right. So, we had a little hail this past week here in Iowa. Yeah. Kind of crazy. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So, uh. Okay. We talked, we, talk, we talked about the plagues. <laughs> Very good. Hopefully my bride is happy now. <laughs> you know that, you know that you can't have a virus without you and I? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can, you can also tell her that too. <laughs> Sounds like the world's worst pickup line. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not, yeah. Enough jokes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So Vickers top 12 list. Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Vickers Top 12. So, Vicker, tell us about your Top 12 list. Yeah, so I've I've been doing some uh, daily prayer services with some of the folks here at the church. And along the way, I've been reading, you know, you, you read the Passion account, it's like two chapters long. And I've been coming across some of, a couple of my favorite passages. And when I say favorite passages, um, I'm not necessarily talking about the theologically most comforting passages. I'm talking about the passages that like kind of perk my ear up a little bit right. when I'm hearing the scriptures or if I'm reading it. I'm like, wow, that's that's actually in the Bible. So maybe from what do you explain? Something that might give you like uh, when you listen to it, it kind of makes you smirk because you kind of see people in a funny way. Yeah, a funny way or uh, or it applies to me and like some of my interests outside of uh, you know, outside of the study of God's word. And uh, so so just listen to this list with that in mind, knowing that um, these are not necessarily because of the theological comfort in them, but they are just something that perks my ear when I hear them. And uh, kind of surprising that they're in the Bible, maybe. Um, and uh, and so I yeah. want to give, uh, since I'm, yeah. I'm, I like challenging our associate producer. Sure. I would like uh, Hannah to pick one of these uh, to be, uh, that would be great on a tombstone. Okay. Just random. Okay, great. No, that's, I like it. <laughs> I like it. And an image too engraved on it with the, right. With the verse. Okay, here we go. Um, so, so, so mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number 12. Number 12. The entire book of the song of Solomon or the song of songs. Okay. Now, now, this appreciation, I'll be honest, did not come. It was a book that I avoided until I got married, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, a, maybe it wasn't the best approach, but it was okay, I think, for me. Uh, so, you know, let the read, let the listener understand here uh, that no, number 12 is the entire book of the Song of Solomon. It's the only whole book that made it onto my list. All right. And, uh, you know, some of the images in there... And and no, the theological comfort in this too is is uh, the church being the bride of Christ. Right. But uh, yeah, let's just say as a married man, <laughs> the entire book of the Song of Solomon made the top twelve list. So so you got it. I'm just imagining uh, on your tombstone, just uh, the entire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, we'll see if Hannah picks that one. There might be better ones here. Side note, I'm sorry. This is one of the places I I, I kind of wish Berg was here. Because I wanted to ask, uh, which one is correct? Is it Song of Songs or Song of Solomon? Oh yeah, I feel like he'd be really opinionated on this issue. Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not informed. So <laughs> I'm a useless. Well, figure out. I probably I know someone who wrote a commentary on Ecclesiastes. Maybe he might know. Maybe he <laughs> he can call in and, and let us right. know. All right, number eleven. Number eleven. The beginning of Revelation chapter twenty-two. Uh, I love the picture of the new heavens and the new earth. In particular, I like hearing about all the fruit. Mm. Um, so the fruit that was in the garden shows up again at the very end. Uh, but it, it's fruit of life. It's the tree of life and that we may um, partake of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's 12 different types of fruit, and we're not given the different types of fruit, but I've always wondered mm-hmm. what they're going to be. Um and, and that could be a tw- top 12 list of its own. What are the, you know, what would be the top 12 fruit to make it onto the tree of life in the new heavens and the new earth? Uh, by, by the way, 
You, I have a story, a vicar story. Okay, great. I had one vicar who was talking about uh, the the fruit in the on the tree in the middle of the garden. Okay. And uh, this particular vicar, I would make really bad statements just so that he would argue with me because it was kind of fun to <laughs> okay. get a reaction out of him. Okay. And so I, I made the suggestion that uh, that the fruit uh, uh, of Adam and Eve was actually a watermelon tree. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he just no actually that, that those grow on vines and <laughs> and and he's and uh he came back the next day with a whole host of reasons of why it couldn't be a watermelon there you tree. go there you go well all right watermelon probably wouldn't make the list but very good number 10 the armor of god uh always loved this always loved stories of knights mm-hmm. um Growing up as a as a young boy, I have this image of my father, who's a pastor, mm-hmm. dressed in homemade like a homemade Roman uh, armor getup that he made for a a chapel service. Wow! At uh, the Lutheran uh, day school that we were affiliated with and that I went to as a young child, uh, and so uh, the armor of God and 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 I can just give my favorite piece of the armor of God. Sure, I like the belt of truth. Okay. Um, and, uh, but you know, obviously the sword, I always thought it was a huge sword, but you learn Greek and you realize that it's actually like a small dagger right? for like close combat and more a defensive weapon than offensive. A shiv, if you will. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> Look at you. That, that was the, uh, that would have been on our translations episode, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. So, so number 10 is the armor of God. Number nine. Hearing that God laughs. Ah. Out of the Psalms. Now, it's important, you know, people sometimes say, oh, yeah, God just laughs at us. Uh, and they're speaking as Christians. Right. But in the Psalms, the only people that God laughs at are the evil ones. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I, I guess uh, I don't find it very comforting to think that God laughs at me <laughs> right. when I read in the scriptures that he only laughs at the wicked. Uh, and that would be Psalm 2. Uh, is Psalm 2 verse 4 that he who sits in the heavens laughs the Lord scoffs at them he's he's scoffing at okay. the wicked so number 8 the two verses in the Bible that talk about cucumbers oh okay so uh, <laughs> now I have grown to love cucumbers because of my wife's cooking and mm-hmm. she kind of sneaks them in here and there mm-hmm. uh, I hate zucchini uh, mm-hmm. but I love cucumbers it's a, it's a weird thing uh, but I especially like cucumbers in my salad uh, okay. Up. But Isaiah uh, chapter 1, verse 8, the very first chapter of Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 1, 8 says, And the daughter of Zion is left like a booth in a vineyard, like a lodge in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. Okay, so um, there's minimal shelter. Uh, th- this is actually a, a like a... Uh, talking about the uh, the nation of Israel uh, being weakened or going into exile. I mean, it's talking about the idolatry that's happening mm-hmm. there. Uh, and um, so don't find yourself in a tent in the middle of a cucumber field because you've got minimal shelter. <laughs> and when the hail comes, you're right. going to be smoked. So here we go. Um, that that also be good tombstone? Yeah. Just a cucumber yeah yeah very good (laughs) number seven number seven is a is a proverb that i came across uh recently um proverbs 30 verse 8 it's a prayer that says give me neither poverty nor wealth and Mm. i like that i like that a lot uh now being a being a pastor especially a well a vicar our needs are met. I would not say we live in poverty. I think we're right in the middle. I think that we live um, with neither poverty nor wealth. Though, when you look at the world's wealth <laughs> right. uh, in America, um, we we're would, all rich. We're all rich, yeah. Right. Uh, but it's a call to, to share our, our our things with other people. So I like that, I like that uh, proverb so much that I'm probably going to make something for my office one day oh. and have that in my office because uh, I, I think... I've always struggled with the idea of money 
and possessions and coveting is something that I struggle with. Mm -hmm. So that prayer, uh, I want that prayer to be on my lips always. Uh, and we also ask that the Lord would provide for our daily needs, that we wouldn't be in poverty, uh, by his mercy. So right in the middle. Uh, that's very, very good. Uh, because, uh, especially recognizes a shrinking middle-class vicar. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, politics was my second choice for occupation. So, Wow. Right. Yep. I'm thankful that didn't happen. Number six. First Samuel nine, verse two. This is the passage that we are introduced to Saul. Mm. Okay. Do you remember the characteristics of Saul? Why he was chosen to be king? Yes. It was because he was handsome and he was tall. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. And I was always one of the tallest in my class. You know? No. Still am. And look how, look how well it turned out for Saul. Well, yes. <laughs> that And that's the theological, uh, you know, uh, the people wanted a king. <laughs> and they wanted a king that looked good and looked right. powerful. And you're absolutely right. Kind of like when they talk about a football team, they, they uh, someone will say, well, oh, yeah. that's a that's a good football team. They look yeah. good coming off the bus. That's right. <laughs> or the quarterback, you know, the, the the NFL draft's coming up pretty right. soon. The critique against all the short quarterbacks. Right. They're not going to be able to throw the ball over their linemen because <laughs> they're so short. Right. Yeah. So Number five. Peter's vision of the sheet coming down from heaven when God tells him, rise, kill, and eat. And uh, you know that uh, that pigs were on that sheet, so uh, we can have bacon as Christians. There you go, and not have burdened consciences about you know being a vegetarian or whatever. Peter, do you have any uh, feelings about bacon? Um, uh, it's fine, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. I don't really. I'm not like bacon crazy. Like it seems like a lot of people are. It's fine. Who is it? Jim Gaffigan who talks about uh, like if there's a buffet with bacon. Like a breakfast buffet with bacon. It's basically all you can eat bacon. <laughs> right. Nice. <laughs> all right. So, number four. Now, we're getting to the the ones that really get you, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. So, you'll see a common thread. You're kind of going to you're gonna see what is important to me. You've already <laughs> seen it probably already. Food. Uh, yeah, food's a big one. So, we'll see. Number four. Ephesians 5.19. Uh, this is psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So music has always been uh, a very important part of my life. Uh, growing up, my parents both are very musical. Mm -hmm. we, could, we could have a family band. We would have a tuba, uh, an, an oboe, a clarinet, and two flutes. Uh, I played clarinet growing up. And, uh, and then we all sing, too. And uh, I play guitar and... Um, a little bit of piano. My mom taught me piano. So so reading in Ephesians, uh, when Paul is encouraging the church in Ephesus to sing their praises to God and, and how the church has always sung, and the Psalms being uh, the songbook of the church, the prayer book of the church. Mm -hmm. But then beyond that, we've been given a lot of good hymns, and that's, that's it's a wonderful uh, privilege to be a Lutheran with a lot of great hymns in our tradition. Number three. Uh, you know, I've kind of fallen off this, uh, but I, I love to run, and I, I actually ordered some new shoes. Oh, yeah? DSW had this amazing sale, and uh, probably for, you know, because of the virus. Uh, right. 40% off and free shipping. So I got myself some uh, some Nike Zoom uh, Windflows. Six is... Uh, is the shoe. It's orange and blue and gray. Are you kind of a sneakerhead? I didn't know this about you. No, I'm not. It took me like an hour and a half to, to figure out what shoe I was going to buy, where some people just know right away. Right. Um, but I'm not, no, I I am not. Uh, my best friend and my cousin and my best man in my wedding, he is very much a sneakerhead. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he has more shoes um, than any man I know. So, um, yep, there they are. Uh, Peter's pulled it up here on our monitor. So pastor can critique my choice. I was looking for some some stability too, so it's not only the look for me, but I gotta I pound pretty hard when I run, mm -hmm. and so I need something that helps me uh, <laughs> not wreck my knees. Okay, so what's the Bible? Passage? By the way, weight training is good for that. <laughs> Strengthen your legs. 
Your legs are stronger, the knees are more stable. Just yeah. want to put that out there. Clang and bang. That's that's right. Clang and bang. hashtag COVID nineteen. Yeah, you've already talked about <laughs> you've talked about your you've talked about your uh your current workout situation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, so first Corinthians nine twenty four, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize, so run that you may obtain it. Uh Paul often talks about, I think Paul was probably a pretty fit guy, uh, and he might have even been a runner himself. I mean, running was a big deal in the time of Paul and time of Jesus already. Uh, you had the Olympics kind of starting in Greece anyway. Mm-hmm. So so, um, so running, I, I like the, there's other passages I could have pulled up from uh, Paul. Have you ever done to one of those couch to 5Ks or something like that? I have. Yeah, I have. And uh, Do they work? Yeah. Yeah, the training. You got to train. You got to make sure that you you stay dedicated to the training. But I think maybe I had a nine-week program. That's when I first got into running. Then I did a half marathon. And then I got shin splints. And uh, yeah, then I kind of fell off. But I'm going to get back into it here as the weather warms up uh, and start running some of the oh, the sidewalks around Hampton. It's a Hampton. beautiful place to, to, to jog, Hampton is. Yeah, so yeah, it's flat. It's not like Minnesota where you have the rolling hills. So just the wind is going to probably be my biggest obstacle. So Number two. Number two comes from John 21, another appearance of the resurrected Lord. Uh, come and get breakfast. Mm. Our Lord has uh, right fish. He has fish on the charcoal fire with the loaves of bread. Mm-hmm. You know, how did he get those? Uh, well, he's the Lord. He can do what he wants. But it's uh, it's awesome. The, the disciples are out there fishing all night. He says, cast it on the right side. They pull in 153 fish, uh, which I'd love to hear Berg's thing about why 153, um, but because I don't know the answer. But then Jesus is actually the one that provides the fish when they come to shore. Right. Um, so number two is come and get breakfast from John 21, verse 12. And breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. You load up on breakfast, you can burn it off the rest of the day. It's different from loading up in dinner and then like, oh, I don't want to work out it. <laughs> like right. After six o'clock, seven o'clock at night. <laughs> so. I actually referenced that in a funeral sermon. You did. A few days ago. Yeah. Uh, and talking about uh, the resurrection, how we rise like Christ. And I pointed out how, how when Jesus rose from the dead, he ate. <laughs> yeah. He made a point of eating. And when we think of, oh, I'm going to be in heaven someday, you, you don't think of the physicality of it. You actually physically rise from the dead and you actually eat. So Right. Yeah, he's, he was not a spirit. It was, it was the Christ uh, body, his bodily resurrection. Yeah, so. And we're going to eat in heaven too. That's the other thing. So I look forward to that. Taco Bell. I can't wait. Can you imagine Taco Bell? But like, it's a new Taco Bell menu you've never had. Oh, Right. Ooh. And and you don't have to worry about anyways. <laughs> yeah, I mean what happens after? <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but so true. So true. Yeah, um I guess the last uh the last one number 1 and number 1. Uh Matthew 26:30 and I I mentioned this in in my Prayer service uh, during. So this is number one. Number one. Sell it, man. Come on, sell it. Yeah. This is number one. There you go. Go ahead. All right. Number one is Matthew twenty six thirty. This is before the crucifixion of our Lord. Right when they're going to the Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew tells us that the disciples and Jesus sang a hymn together. The only time that we're told in the ministry of Jesus that he sang with his disciples. But I got to imagine that it happened more than once. But just the fact that like they were there, there's such a unity and communion in singing uh, in with one voice. And I miss hearing it at Trinity. It's one of, you know, sometimes we've got some good singers. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm up front with pastor, I don't sing. So I can just hear the people singing in with one voice uh, and, and just let the words kind of the unifying, voice of of the church sing and knowing that our lord sang with his disciples and and he probably led them as their rabbi and he probably uh he did this for the like a pastoral concern for them you know Mm -hmm. singing has this way of uh calming the the anxious heart and uh, i can imagine that 
the disciples, although it seemed like they didn't really know what was going on, I think with Judas leaving the meal, like they knew something was happening. The whole right. thing about one of you will betray me. And then Jesus says, all right, guys, let's sing together. And then from there, they go to the garden. Our Lord hands himself over to be crucified for so, us. So what, you don't think he was singing in the garden, do you? <laughs> <sighs> That's a... And I walk with me. Um, I talk with me. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry if that's your your favorite hymn. But for many reasons. Yeah, for many reasons. But, uh, yeah, so so there's my top 12. Uh, you know, maybe you have some verses that kind of have, uh, that pop out to you in the scriptures, and we'd love to hear them too. So you can reach us uh, at clericalerrors.org on Facebook. I think, I think Twitter. Berg needs to do a likewise list. Yeah, I love, I mean, he's probably got all sorts of things. Right. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Vicar. Very good. We need to keep moving. Let's do it. So uh, we've got a new segment. It is entitled, Know Your Doctrine. Peter, play the intro. Know Your Doctrine. That's a nice, nice intro, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm in Los Angeles going to The Price is Right. Right. Good. Right. So uh, I thought it might be fun for uh, you all to keep a track at home. I'm going to ask some questions because what season is it? It's confirmation season. Right? That's right. And uh, so I have a little, got my test together, right? Mm-hmm. Kids are in the process of taking it. And I thought maybe I could throw some of these questions out and you, the listener, can see how you're doing. Yeah, because the teaching never ends. Yeah, for the uh, Christian. All right, so I will will ask some questions. Then you try and answer at home, and then we'll see. You can keep tally of your score. All right. All right? Uh, All right, here's a question. Who wrote the small catechism and when? Know your doctrine. All right. Listener, do you think you have it? The answer is... Vicar, who wrote it? Martin Luther. And he wrote it in 1529. Hmm. 1529. All right. Good job, listener. Good job, listener. Um, what are the... Question number two. What are the two, two types of sin that we talk about? And what is the difference? Know your doctrine! So, what are the two types of sin? Original and extra crispy. <laughs> no. <laughs> original and actual. actual. Yeah. And actually, they're, they're really, the actual sin is broken up into two types, mm-hmm. too. Sins of... Commission and omission. That's right. Yeah. So, original sin, the sin that you're born with, inherited from Adam, and actual uh, sin is the actual commission or omission, something you should be doing that you're not doing or something you're doing that you should not be doing according to God's law. Right. All right. This this is a classic confirmation question. A classic one. All right. What are the three uses of the law? Know your doctrine. All right. Number one, Vicar, you know these? Yeah. Curb. Curb. Yeah. The controlling of sinful outbursts, right? right? Number two? Mirror. Mirror. Showing us our sin. And uh, this is uh, probably the main use that we use a lot of times in our sermons. Yes. Right? But also we use and should be using the third, (laughs) which is always up for debate (laughs) sometimes. Um, Not amongst us. Right. But, and that is guide. Uh, to teach us how to lead a God-pleasing life. Right. Now, now, keep bear in mind, the guide is not so that you will be forgiven. It is because you are forgiven. It's an order thing, right? Right, right. But, but those are the three uses of the law that we talk about. All right, question number three. What is verbal inspiration? Know your doctrine! All right. It is uh, the belief that God, the Holy Spirit, gave his chosen writers the thoughts they expressed and the words that they wrote in the Bible. 
Pretty simple, right? Mm -hmm. That uh, the Bible is inspired by God. And verbal means what, Vicar? The words, right? right. He yeah. gave him them the words. So here's a question. Can anyone be saved by another's faith? Know your doctrine! This is an important question because there are traditions within Christianity that hold to this sort of thing. Right. Yeah. But we got to see what the Bible says. Right. Or what it doesn't say. And uh, the answer that I accept on my exam is, uh, by the way, and it's not, I don't give these multiple choice things, right? Right. You got to know it. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, no, you cannot be saved by another's faith. However, it is good to pray for those who do not have faith. Yeah. Or need, uh, that's that's one of the things you see all the time in in the New Testament of of people bringing others for the Lord in prayer. So, no, they can't be saved by your faith, but certainly God hears your prayers when you pray for those who are outside of the church. And this is the topic of infant baptism that this show has covered before, uh, where traditions that don't have infant baptism, they don't have that assurance, look to the faith of the parents or guardians. Um, and, and the scriptures just don't, they don't reflect that. They don't reflect that if you're a Christian parent, your child is going to be, is in the family of God without the salvific faith that's given right. by the word and in baptism. Now they, you know, those children in those Christian traditions, you know, may have faith by the word of God, though they haven't been baptized, but that, you know, the comfort of our baptism is that we can point and say, yeah, my one-year-old son was baptized a year ago. Mm -hmm. He's saved. Right. Because I know that God's promises are attached to water and word. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question. What is this for? <laughs> no, you're six, I think. Okay. <laughs> More than four. <laughs> Describe the Trinity. All right. You got your Ooh. pencils. Uh-oh. Describe the Trinity. In a picture? <laughs> <laughs> no, your doctrine. All right. All right. So... First off, we say the Trinity is one God. Three persons. And three persons. Each person is distinct from each other. They're equal in power, majesty, and are all uncreated. And uh, each person is fully God, but there is only one divine essence. So one thing I teach about the Trinity is this. And see if you understand why I would teach this. I say the doctrine of the Trinity is great theology, but horrible Math. Yeah. Why would I say that? Well, um, so you, using math or our God-given reason to try to, uh, what, understand the mystery of the divine God. Right. Um, you know, three equals one. That right. doesn't... So... One plus one plus one So is the Father three. fully God? Yes. Is the Son, Jesus, fully God? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit fully God? Yes. So how many gods? One. That's horrible math. Yeah, horrible math. Horrible man. And the other thing is, like, don't don't try to force like an illustration to describe the Trinity. Like, you're gonna oftentimes you're just gonna land in heresy, <laughs> right? If you try to, oh yeah, like, what the clover or like, I don't know. Right. They're, they're cute pictures, but we're not given an image necessarily in the scriptures that gives us the Trinity. We look at Jesus and say that's God in the flesh. That's how God reveals himself to us, and we know that he's three persons, uh, though one God. So, anyway. Or you could read the Athanasian Creed. <laughs> there you go. So, next question. This is a five-part answer. Oh, boy. <laughs> five points. Five points. This is a sink or swim can question. You get a half, can you get a half credit um, on, on each? If, if you are a youngster, you could maybe get a little half credit if you're a vicar. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, boy. By the way, how are you doing? What score do you have so far, Peter? Are you uh, you hanging in oh, with I'm, this I'm test? I'm a perfect score, man. I, I'm keeping up. You probably remember these questions with sweating and terror. All right, five-part question. What do we know about Christ's return? Five answers Ooh. that the Bible teaches about the second coming of our Lord. Know your doctrine! All right, so... First thing, only God knows when Christ will return. Mm -hmm. Only the Father knows. So mm -hmm. 
So to uh, anyone who claims to say they know when, they don't. No. Uh, number two, there will be in increasing turmoil in the world until that day. And the Bible talks about wars, rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, plagues. Hashtag COVID-19. Yeah. Um, Pestilence. And then number three, uh, that Jesus will return in great glory. Yeah. As opposed to the first time he came as a as an infant child. Right? Yeah. Not so much great. He, he came to this world... Uh, in humiliation as a baby. Mm -hmm. he, he comes again according to his exaltation. Mm -hmm. All right. Number four, that he will come to judge the living and the dead and not set up an earthly government. Yeah, and this is uh, where other Christian traditions read the book of Revelation uh, literally, in a literal sense, meaning they take the vision of St. John and say, this is exactly going to happen in this sequence with this number of years and all this, uh, where our tradition, uh, which is uh, looking at the book of Revelation as a vision, which means it, it's more symbolic, and uh, there are truths communicated through the symbols. A thousand-year reign of Christ is a symbolic number. Um, so anyway, yeah. All right. And then finally, number five. I'm interested to see how many of our listeners got all five. Whew, yeah, this is tough. You're, you're sweating, Vicar. Yeah. <laughs> Number five is the return of Jesus is the desire and the great hope for the children of God. Meaning, yeah. meaning uh, there is actually sometimes a teaching amongst churches where the return of, of Jesus is just about gloom. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what, what movie it was that... Uh, um, someone got the tattoo that said, Christ is coming soon. Look busy or something like that. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, but it is what we want. We pray, come Lord Jesus. Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come. So we right. want Jesus to return. Right. Sometimes it's, it's taught as doom and gloom, but it really is a great joy. And, and I think uh, lately the listener can understand that hmm. it would be great if it were soon. Mm -hmm. Right. All right, I'll do this uh, one more just as uh, to close out, right, our uh, discussion and our, our, our church here. Um, what This is, uh, there's actually five. I'll accept four of them on my test. I only asked for four, but there are actually five of them. All right. Because I am a good and gracious pastor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that is, uh, what, what hope does a resurrection give? So when you think of, how is it the resurrection of Jesus? How does that give us hope? What kind of does it prove to us? Know your doctrine! So one answer is it shows that Jesus is the Son of God. Right. Right? All powerful. Number two, it shows that the Father accepted the sacrifice for our sins. Or as a, as a Baptist church uh, sign I once read, said the check cleared <laughs> there you go yeah <laughs> it's <was> all right <laughs> um and uh and so it not 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 any different than what you were, we were talking about earlier when jesus rose from the dead he f goes right into forgiveness of sins absolutely right yeah and so the father accepted the sacrifice for our sin number three uh, it shows us and it teaches us that sin, death, and the devil have been defeated. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, Vicar, to know these really quickly off the top of your head is really good for preaching. Hmm. That means if you know these well, then you, when you preach, like you need to throw together something, I need to talk about the resurrection. Having these know well, like the back of your hand, and you can just, boom, you have like a five-point thing you can just go into to... Uh, Right, a, a, a discussion on the resurrection. Yeah, so, and, and this is what our lingo, we would say uh, at the seminary, this is systematic theology. So it's putting the doctrine in the Bible into a system, five points, Right, and that actually is beneficial to our preaching. Uh, right. And it's an area, that's my weakest area, I think, is systematics. And so uh, it'll be something that I've been working on in Vicarage, but also going into my final year at the SEM, that's where I'm going to kind of because they have on. this little thing called a theological interview. Yeah, and if I get a systematics prof for my theological interview, whew, I will be sweating. Okay, 
let, let me let me calm down your heart for a minute, Vicar. All right, all right. Think of all the people you know. Yes, yes. That yes. have passed it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good com- <laughs> place of comfort, but it's especially true. Like if I think of last year's graduating <laughs> class. And- <laughs> There was, you know, we have a we have a we have a satirical uh, document at the seminary. It's called the Q document. Let's just say last year's uh, class, um, there was a number of guys that uh, put more time into the basketball practices than uh, into their studies. But you know, they accept this sort of thing. So it was it was put out on it a big thing. The the basketball teams retiring and they were unsuccessful in beating St. Louis. So they've decided to become pastors. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We like to roast each other. It's in love, though. So it's in love. <laughs> and look how far that's gotten them. All right. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. We are number four. Answer to this is that we can trust the word of God. All right. Yeah. For a couple of reasons. Uh, the example I give is kind of weird. Okay. Do you want to hear my example? Okay. I don't think I've used this on the podcast before. All right. So imagine Vicar. Um, imagine uh, I was back before social distancing. I was at watching a high school football game. All right. All right. Yep. And every, by the way, every year it kind of changes. This is the one I use this year. Um, and uh, so I was over watching the football game, right? And out of the blue, a meteorite or a meteor uh, flies through the sky, right? All right. And it, it hits me and evenly divides me into two pieces. It bifurcates me. Okay. Okay? You with me? Yep. And uh, and so, obviously, I am. You're dead. You're dead. Yep. Right. So, fast forward. And everybody uh, sees. Everybody sees that you have been bifurcated cleanly in half. Right. In fact, uh, as I told my confirmation class, that uh, they also know that I had dandruff. Do you know why? Why is that? They, they found my head and shoulders on the football field. You know, the only jokes that are allowed during this time are inside jokes, Pastor. All right, so back to the story, right? So I was bifurcated. Lots of people saw it. Okay, a couple days later, big funeral, right? Thousands of people. Yeah, right. All your Um, former vicars. All the former vicars, um, Fox, CNN, ABC News. Sure. You know, nationally televised. And then after the funeral... um, uh, it's uh, the first Sunday. Uh, the vicar nervously walks through the door, right? Has to right. give like the sermon right before all that. And and so let's say, you know, he starts the service and then right at the time of the sermon, I, once bifurcated pastor, walk through the door and give the sermon. And the question is, how would you listen to that sermon? Probably closer than the vicar's sermon. Right. Intently, right? <laughs> yeah. This guy kind of knows when he talks about life, knows what he's talking about. Yeah, definitely. Right? And then not only that, you would probably go back and listen to the the things I had said earlier. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when Jesus, who was once dead and then is alive, right, when he comes back and he preaches, not only does does it show that you can trust his word when he talks about forgiveness and the resurrection, he also brings into mind the apostles the words that they spoke, right? And so all those things remind us that because Jesus was once dead and now is risen and shows that we can trust his word and trust, going back to what you talked about earlier, his word of forgiveness. Right. Yeah. So, and then uh, the last one, number five, is we too will rise from the dead, rise from death in faith. Right. And did you, do you know what the example I give to that for that one is? No, I don't think so. I give the, the example of the man on the moon going to the moon Mm. right okay we stop going to the moon right yeah right because um and actually i am 46 years old we stopped going to the moon pretty much around the time i was born Hmm. all right yeah why because we made it and the whole the whole the whole point the whole point of the whole exercise was just to prove that it was a race do it yeah it was a race Right. We wanted to show that we could do it. And we stopped going because we still say we can. We can do it. Put a man on the moon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it just took took takes once of of sending someone to the moon and sending them back, assuming it wasn't all staged. (laughs) Right. 
Don't um, say that because then people are going to think it's it's staged. <laughs> you can't say that. <sighs> so my point is this. It just takes per one man going to the room and back. And to this day, we say, you know what? You know, we could put a man on the moon, but we can't get the microwave to work or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. So so it just took one time to show us that, and we still say, we can, we can still do it. do it. Yeah. All right? Especially with the new, uh, what, Space Force? What is what is it yeah, called? Yeah, Space Force. Yeah. That's gangster. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen their, their uniforms? No. It's uh, very visionary. I mean, taking the whole uh, social isolation, like, on steroids, very right. visionary. Their logo say. looks like the Star Trek logo. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Anyways, so obviously the point is this, you know, human history is a human history of death, right? How many times does it take for someone to be dead and rise from the dead and never to die again? How many times does that take for us to know it happened once and it can happen again? Right. Just once. Right. And because Jesus rose from the dead, to this day, as Christians, we say, yes, that means I can rise from the dead. Especially if it comes from someone whose resurrection also means that his word is true, that you can trust. Especially if it comes from someone who is the Son of God. Especially if it comes from someone who made sacrifice for your sins, and the Father has shown to accept that sacrifice. Especially if it comes from someone who has also defeated sin, death, on the devil for you. So... That is a small section of of the of our show today or the test. But uh, thank you for playing along to what is it? Know your doctrine. All right. Well, that brings us to the close of our show because um, Vicar and I have to go record a service now. So, um, uh, hopefully, your voices won't be too tired. Nah. No, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. So that is the end of our show. Um, I am Bullhagen. And I'm Vicar. And I'm Peter. May your gravestones be theologically sound. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.